At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinner. With me, uh, recently renamed Big Fish G. <laughs> What's um, up? Oh, nothing much. Just another day <clears throat> in the life. I hear you. Uh, you. You went out and slayed them last weekend, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, went back to Del Hollow to try to see if there was something I missed there and messed around with some glide baits and... Uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, had a ton of giant followers, and then I got a couple to commit to it. Missed Dude, a couple. Sounded, that... You called me while you were on the water, and like it was funny because you sounded like so excited. You were almost like winded. Like you were talking to <laughs> yeah. me, and it was almost like a nervous voice because you were just like that amped up. You know, like all that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably the most action i've had on a glide bait in a single day in a long time like because like you were like hey dude and i could already hear it in your voice and i was like "Uh oh and you're like dude these glide baits and i was like oh okay like nothing's wrong like <laughs> he's just he's whacking them yeah but, it, was, uh, it was awesome there i probably had like 50 or 60 followers uh, like it seemed like every cast i had one following it back dude that's um, so i'm telling you when i was throwing it the weekend before like I caught all my fish on a jig, but anytime like I just would go without a bite or something, I'd throw the glide bait around like yeah. down timber or something like that. And just, it was, uh, I can't even remember which one it is I was using. I was using one of Matt, Matt Souter's baits, but it does these giant wide S's just mm-hmm. huge, slow S's. And they just follow it right out from wherever they were. And that's my first experience throwing them. I mean, I've thrown one. I think I've thrown an S waiver before, but it's like, like anytime I throw anything, I have zero confidence in. I crank it in like three times and then put it back up. Yeah. So, 
like as soon as and i've never had a follow before so as soon as like the it was like the first cast with it i got a follow with it i, I freaked out and went back to uh matt and was like okay now what do i do like following it like do i kill it or what like do i like you know, figure eight it like they do for musky like what do i do now and he was like well that's the question like, <laughs> that's, like that's everybody's trying to figure out yeah, I still like, haven't figured out how to be able to get the ones that follow it to commit to it, but it seems like the ones that like just come up out of the depths and hit it, like they run straight at it. They don't follow it. They, and I'm telling you, I'm kind of glad that that didn't happen because I don't need another like addiction in the fishing world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm super addicted to it. Like I just want to go back out there and do do that like every day. Like I started with zero, like I have one gantrol that I've had forever that I don't use. It just looks cool. No, I'd lie. I've used it for bed fishing. I got a little trick off YouTube. This one I, on I was beds. using is the, uh, the Bass Brains one. Uh, it's a little, it's a smaller guy. It's a six inch one. Um, but it's one I had in paint for me a while back and I, I thought I lost it. And then my wife found it for me like, a couple days ago and i was like oh yeah i'm using this this weekend and, yeah uh yeah and it, yeah it's like I, I, a week two weeks ago i had one one bait and now there's like five or six of them hanging up right there yeah we're that, just talking getting rid of tackle and now you're probably gonna have to go spend thousands on glide hey my wife listens to this don't you say that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i uh, i am i am purging some gear because uh I am about to start replacing the reels for uh, Matt showed me the ways of getting the JDM reels like for yeah. really, really low prices. Yeah, so awesome. uh, I think I'm going to start doing that like onesie twosie at a time. And I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I I, I used one. They're stupid. Like <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy how shitty American stuff is compared when it, in the fishing world, I mean, there's a lot of good brands and I don't knock any of them, but there is, even if it's subtle differences, like, like the, the Scorpion is basically the uh, Corrado DC, but it's just got all the upgraded bearings already in it. It's just so much yeah. nicer. Like same thing, different color, better bearings. But, <clears throat> there's so much stricter on their tolerances for some of that stuff. That yeah. It's gotta be like perfect. Well, uh, Funny, we started off the show talking about glide baits and big swim baits. Uh, we've got a returning guest with us. We've had him on a few times before. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him about it because we're uh, covering the recap of the Hobie event on Lake Seminole. And that's just what he was doing to catch all his fish. And it's funny. Uh, and we'll get into the story. Me and him talked at the Classic. Um, I helped him out with uh, getting a box for his swim baits and stuff. And he, he made a comment that we'll touch on once we get him on here, that uh, was very true uh, after this weekend. But uh, we'll go ahead and bring him on. Uh, returning guest, as we said, uh, Ewing Miner. How's it going, buddy? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Glad yeah. to have you back and uh, glad it's to your see you. second time this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah somehow. <laughs> and second time having over 100 inches this season, which is. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Incredible. Yeah, Both man. times in Florida, right? Is that. Well, I was in Georgia for this one, but well, close to it. Yeah, close, close enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, um, for anybody that may have missed the previous shows you were on, because I, I know we've had you, this is probably your fifth or sixth time on, if, if I was just taking a wild guess. But uh, do a little intro on yourself. Let uh, let everybody know who who you are if they, they've never heard of you before. 
Well, I'm ewing minor. I fish all almost all of the Hobie BOS stuff. Uh, I go to school at Carson Newman University, where I'm on the <clears throat> the bass boat team as well as the kayak fishing team that we just got started. I also was able to to get the win in the Hobie BOS college college tournament this weekend. Uh, yeah, total domination. Yeah, I just just love catching bass. Is really all it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I, I can't put the exact time on it. I, I just remember from the, you know, from never hearing about you to first hearing your name come on the scene and the kayak tournament stuff, and now it's uh, you always hear, you know, your name. You're definitely one of the the, the top, uh, you know, professional kayak anglers. Take that as as you as you may, but we definitely know that if you're in the event, you're forced to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. But uh. I mean, that wall behind you speaks for itself. Yeah. Every time we have him on, there's a new piece of wallpaper up there that <laughs> yeah. equals a lot, lots of monies. You have to update him every time. That's just for the, the year. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. No, this, is, this is all of them. Yeah. Or at least all of the big ones. Yeah. I, I, I see a lot of first, and that's that's the, the catch there. A lot of yeah. first places there. <laughs> I haven't gotten third yet. Not in a BOS tournament. You got to get third just so you can complete complete your to, journey. I need to like purposefully not catch them. <laughs> no, can't. Dude, I, don't, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> That'd be tough. I'm sure it'll happen one day. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, um, give us before we we get into the day. Give everybody a rundown on Lake Seminole. Uh, mo- most people, if you're listening to this, you're a fan of bass fishing competitively, whether it's kayaks or the boat tournaments and Sem- Seminole has tons of history. So you uh, and get, tell us a little bit about it. Well, Seminole, it's got tons of timber. It has tons of grass, green grass at that. Most lakes that you go to now, if they have grass, it's brown, been sprayed. So that's, I think that's really what makes it special. You also have the Flint River with all the shoal bass, which is really cool. I haven't been able to get up the the uh, the Flint to fish for them during practice. I've always wanted to, but like this tournament, I had one day of practice. It could be one up there, but I know I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to win it up there. Uh, so I just focused my, my time down the lake and some of the cleaner water fishing offshore. Heck yeah, and it's a it's a pretty sizable lake. I think it's uh like thirty seven thousand acres or so. It's uh, I had it pulled up. Yeah, thirty seven thousand five hundred acres. Uh, it's got a ton of you know ton of shoreline. It's another one of those lakes that's just got tons of options. Um, and it always seems to do really good fishing. It seems like well, yeah, like- it's it's one of those places that there's not a place that you couldn't catch a bass. Yeah, all of that water's fishable. I could prove that wrong. I'm sure if you give me give me a chance, I can screw it all up. No, it's I've had a bunch of people tell me I, I should go down there for the way I like fishing. It would it set a rule. I've just never it never. I think since it's been on my radar, I don't think it's worked out in my schedule. I definitely would go because Alabama down to the South Georgia, Florida, you know, area. It's not far. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one that I want to want to go check out but then there's like events like this where you guys just crush it and i just don't have that kind of confidence on it so i'm okay i stayed at home uh yeah especially with with how you did it and i already mentioned it but to to take a step back um at the classic up in knoxville uh, i was working in the lakewood booth uh ewing came by 
uh, checked out one of our big swim bait boxes. Um, Carry, I can't even remember how many. It's a huge swim bait box that we have. Uh, hangs all your up to like tw- uh, ten inch swim baits in it. I keep that thing on, you know. <laughs> keep that thing on. There it is. There it I, had is. To, I had to bring it inside. Didn't want the the baits getting hot and swelling up in the car. Yeah, makes sense. So so he grabs that. We get to talking a little bit later, and he makes the comment, and he says, "If these boys ever see me out in the kayak with this box in the back, they're in trouble." Mm-hmm. Well, come Sunday, I saw the numbers you put up Saturday. And I was like, I want to say that's probably what he's doing. And then you text me Sunday and said, what did I tell you? <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. But uh, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's freaking awesome. before we jump into, I guess we'll, we'll start with talking about your pre-fishing. But at any mm-hmm. point of it that you can kind of talk about the mindset of like when you decided that that's what you needed to be doing. Or if you kind of already had that in your mind on the way there. Um just we'll kind of use this as a you know information dump for i mean big swim baits of any kind whether it's big paddle tail soft baits jointed baits just the whole thing's uh relatively foreign for a lot of people i mean you hear about it a lot out west um you know a lot of guys in texas it's huge in you know japan stuff like that but uh just kind of talk about to show up a lot more in the tournament scene these last couple of years though. And like, well, and uh, this year and alone, winning tournaments, like not just catching one or two fish, like it's like dominating tournaments. Well, it's, it's this year alone. It's crazy. Cause like two weeks ago, we kind of, I, I told somebody I was going down there. They were like, take big glide baits. I was yeah. like, okay. Whatever. And I didn't do it. And then we got down there and then Matt was like, here, go throw this glide bait. I was like, whatever. Like, well, then we, Two weeks later, we get to this before Ewing gets this win. And it's funny because, like, I saw on a fishing page, someone was talking about, like, Jesus is glide bait. Like, why is glide bait so popular right now? Like, they've been around, but it's like in the that, last uh, few months. That Spro, it's just like, that Spro, uh, Chad Chad, the Chad Chad, KGB that, Chad that everybody has now. Like, everybody bought it when it came out. Well, and then <laughs> they've got the, um, Buka's trick shad. Yeah. That was a, a hot one at the classic. I remember, he, I think he said he sold out of them in like an hour, like, like $160 bait plus and yeah. just boop, gone. But, uh, so yeah, Ewing talk, talk about in whatever order you want to like your preparation going into pre-fishing and then the mindset with the big bait where it came into play. Well, I mean, glide baits have just been something that ever since I got into bass fishing, I really liked throwing big baits. Um, it just, I mean, especially before live scope, it was a, a better mm-hmm. way to, to kind of know what you're around. You see more fish, you do get bigger bites. Um, and it's something that I've been comfortable with doing for several years now. Um, then I added live scope into the equation and that's when things get, get really good. I think that's part of the reason that, uh, swim baits are getting so popular or glide baits specifically. Yeah. Uh, and especially with, with Milliken doing what he's doing. It- mm-hmm. I just, uh, listened to one of his podcasts right before we came on here about how the event on Toledo bend and mm-hmm. how that came into play with him taking home that win. Uh, but it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's just that that's kind of elevated that big bait bite 
with live scope combination with it. It's kind of really allowing people to specialize with it. And also with, with all the added pressure on, on the lakes with fishing getting so popular now, it's, you've got to do something different to trick the big fish into biting. They're not, it's, you don't get as many big fish on, you know, a crankbait, um, a jig, just normal baits that, you know, you've got to go outside of the box um, and try something a little bit different. And glide baits, they just, they trigger fish really well. It's kind of like a, you know, I wouldn't say really a warm water jerk bait because jerk baits do catch them in, in warmer water. But, you know, kind of once they get off, get post spawn, that's, they mm-hmm. really start crushing a glide bait. Um, that was part of my thought process going down there is, I was like, yeah, fish are post-spawn, they're hungry, they're looking for big meals. It's kind of just the right time for that when they're they're feeding up. I mean, I had on day one, my 22 and three-quarter was my only fat fish. Uh, the rest of them were pretty long, skinny, not unhealthy, but just you could it's tell. Like spawned that, out. Spawned yeah, out, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, they hadn't Still been on recovering and stuff more than a week or two. Um, yeah. But no, when I got out there, I was, my main goal was to go out there and catch them on a drop shot, just finesse them. Um, but I also had in my mind, like, you know, a big bait bite could get really good with the clean water and, and the amount of big fish in that, <clears throat> in that lake. Yeah. So, I mean, really I've, I went down there and during practice, I already had two glide baits tied on. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. For practice, just because it was what I wanted to do. Um, The lake sets up right for it with the offshore grass and timber. Yeah. Originally, originally I was looking at at the grass lines and... I wasn't getting anything along the grass, uh, which was shocking to me with how green it is. And especially with fish, you know, being post-spawn moving offshore, grass lines are one of those first places they stop. But I found that that they had already kind of passed up the grass lines. And Mm. I don't know if they were going to return. They were, you know, 100 to 200 feet out from the grass lines, uh, suspended in the timber. And there's so much timber on that lake, you can't get a bait through it, or at least I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you'll make maybe five clean casts and get hung up once. But, and then even if you do, 
hook into one when you're you're down there. Um, they they just turn injury. they turn one direction or the other and they have you wrapped up because there's, I mean, more timber than almost any other lake. Um, and the way Seminole is, they cut the trees. They've cut the trees like you know six inches to two feet under the surface. Uh, so I just when I couldn't get the fish to bite anything else, I threw a bunch of stuff at them. I was like, well, I wonder if they'll come up for a glide bait. The water's pretty clean. Yeah. And I saw a fish down there like seven or eight feet. This was during practice. And I threw my glide bait over it. Well, one comes off the bottom in 20 and eats it. Hmm. So I was like, all right, they can see this a lot further than, than I thought. Um, <laughs> That's great. I was about to have a question when you talk about like the, the water's clean enough for it. You know, that's what I was thinking was like, well, I wonder if they could see it, you know, oh, maybe they, if you got two they, foot of visibility, could they see it from deeper? And apparently they can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like what was, kind of visibility did you, what'd you say you had? It was clear five to seven foot visibility. Um, what I've heard is supposedly like double that is what. Yeah. They and then when, they're, from. when they're directly under it and it's sunny, uh, yeah. they can see it, the shadow from a long ways. Uh, but through my one day of practice, I might have caught one fish on a drop shot, hmm. but everything else was on a glide bait. I couldn't get bit on anything else. So I really didn't have a choice but to throw a glide bait in the tournament. Yeah. I couldn't get them beat. That decision is pretty easy. That's uh, insane. Yeah. Like, so you're just basically drawing them up out of the timber mm -hmm. to, to come up and hit it. And well, that helps beat the problem of getting them in the timber. <laughs> yeah, I've I'd never had one of them get me wrapped up in timber. Um, I'd set the hook and just start reeling, and they'd usually come up to the top and just start shaking their head. Uh, they're already mm -hmm. out of that timber. I don't think they they had a main goal of getting a big old four ounce bait out of their mouth. Uh, but that was my was, next question was what size glide bait it, are you throwing? Is it eight inch? Eight inch, yeah. I, I did have, I had three of my, two or three of my fish on day two on a six inch when it got tough on me. Yeah. Um, I'll get into that later, but day one started, I went out there, I threw a top water over some, it was just a sandy patch in the grass that uh, I thought maybe gizzard shed would be spawning on. Mm -hmm. They weren't. And I fished that for about 15 minutes without a bite. I was like, all right, well, Guess I'll start throwing the glide bait. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to get good until the sun got up, or at least you know it got a little bit lighter out. But the first tree that I threw at, and I don't know if I should be spilling this or not, but I had seven trees like this. They were really thick trees, probably two foot across. And I guess they had decayed in the top of it enough that hydrilla was growing out of the top of it. Huh. Wow. So you have a standing piece of timber away from everything else with, you know, grass inside of it, patch of grass. Um, That's crazy. At, at first I thought it was, it was brush when I first saw it during practice. I thought it was brush from like on Toledo Bend, the crappie fishermen will tie brush piles up to the top mm -hmm. of the trees. But then I water was so clean, I, I went over it just to look at it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's hydrilla. So 
that was, I think, on day one, every all seven of the trees with hydrilla I caught a fish out of. Um, wow. But I threw over that first tree, and it was one of those ones with hydrilla on it, and caught like a 20 and a half, I believe. And I was like, all right, sweet. I got a kicker out of the way. Like, because I, during practice, like I caught six or seven fish on the eight inch glide bait, but they were mainly 15 to 17 inches. And I had one 20 incher. So starting off with a 20 and a half was, you know, that was a big boost to me. And then, did you know? Well, the next. (laughs) The next tree I fished, it wasn't even a, one of the ones with grass. It was just a, a bigger tree with a lot more branches. I caught like a 17-something. It's like, all right, there's one of the ones I need in my limit. Like, let's get this ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> and it got pretty slow for me for, I don't know, it felt like an hour. Probably wasn't close to that long. Uh, I can look back at timestamps and figure out, but things weren't quite going right with the glide bait and the wind had slicked off too. There was a good breeze in the morning and that slicked off. I think that's, that's what I was getting ready to ask. The, what is, what's the wind doing during the wind that was time? blowing a good little chop up uh, first thing in the morning on Saturday and then it slacked off and I picked up a drop shot on just a little clump of grass uh, out on a hump in like 18 foot of water I threw it out there and caught a 21 incher. And I was like, wow. okay, like, like this is cool. From uh, one extreme my, to the other. <laughs> got got my picture with it, threw it back, and then Steve Fields pulls up. I was like, well, I can't be throwing a drop shot in front of the camera boat. So I, <laughs> I picked up the 8 inch slide again, uh, even though I didn't think the conditions were quite right for it. I mean, Second or third cast with it, I had a 21 and, and a quarter, just blasted. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he had, uh, it was Steve Fields and Byron, who I don't know if he's going to be working alongside of him or if he was just, just helping out for this tournament. But he's from Australia, uh, hmm. just recently moved here. And, he was shocked by, you know, like an eight inch glide bait. He's like, I've never seen people fishing with stuff like this. Um, it's okay. Most of the like, people fishing that, haven't seen people that fish was, with that. That was his introduction to the bass fishing in the U.S. And it was an eight inch glide bait. So he's, <laughs> yeah. he was probably over there thinking, you know, what what in the world is, is the stuff these fish are so aggressive? You um, must not follow uh, Jacobson very much then, uh, Carl Jacobson. He he throws a lot of glide baits and swim Mm -hmm. baits. But I just, day kept going through. I caught a few more solid fish. I had 90 some inches. uh, And that's when I had a fish was following my glide bait in, saw it on live scope, wouldn't commit. And it gets right up next to the boat and swipes at it. And I, I kind of was let down by it a little bit because it was a, obviously a very large fish. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on live scope. It swam back over to a tree, and instead of going down suspending, it went all the way to the bottom. It's like, 
oh, well, it won't hurt to throw a drop shot at it. I pitched a drop shot out there, <clears throat> and my bait starts sinking. This fish comes straight up, shoots off the bottom, and eats my drop shot before it gets to, like, is 10, 15 foot down and 20, 22 foot of water. Jeez. Uh, set the hook, and it was the same fish, and that was my 22 and three-quarter. Wow. Um, so you're, caught, like, almost doing, like, what people do with frog fishing, like... Throwing a follow-up bait. Throwing a follow-up bait behind your glide bait. And it, it never works with a glide bait. I've done it a ton <laughs> of times. <laughs> I only know of two times that it's, like, actually worked on a big fish. Yeah. The first time was on the Shenandoah River for a, it was a, um, I don't know, it was whatever trail that Casey Reed runs. It was my mm. first ever kayak tournament, and I caught the big fish of the tournament. I had three following my glide bait and pitched a wacky rig at them, um, and one of them ate it. So <laughs> that's, that's insane, dude. That's like the only two times I've had it work with big baits. And <laughs> yeah. They came at great times. But would you would you have made that same decision if you hadn't had live scope to see that fish go back to the bottom? Absolutely or... not. Didn't that think so. Was... I'm not going to have a big fish following my glide bait in open water with timber and it's swipe at it and miss it and be like, oh, let me just randomly toss my drop shot. <laughs> exactly. That's what I figured. Uh, how but... close were you to like trying to figure eight that fish or do something like I've always it, thought about doing something crazy like that. Or... I've tried it and it, it almost seems like you're better off to throw at a different fish. Yeah. Um, I did have one that. I kind of figured it, figure-aided it, but it was way more fired up than that fish. And it was only yeah. about 18 or 19 inches. Um, one of those, I see those, uh, those like those Japanese guys throwing mm -hmm. the jointed ones and they do like yeah. that crazy figure eight where they're just well, viciously just, in a kayak. It's really hard to figure eight and especially yeah. with a glide bait to keep it looking yeah. right. It'd be yeah. one thing in a boat, but out of a kayak, you if someone can do it, then props to them because I can't. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but I i mean, I caught several more fish and kept calling up. And my last fi my last catch of the day, it was, I think, about 1130. Um, I threw out there, hooked one, came up, jumped, and I was like, oh, that's another big one. And get it, lay it on the board, twenty and a quarter, and submit it. And I was like, "Oh, I called half an inch. I should probably just leave." Um, so I mean, really, it was. I probably caught fifteen fish on an eight-inch glide bait that morning. And it's an awesome day of yeah, there bait were, fishing in general. It was, it was almost too easy, and there were a lot of good anglers in my area, and I didn't want them to see me hucking around an eight-inch glide bait and. <laughs> Yeah. 105 inches on the leaderboard so it's i pretty just pretty obvious what you're doing if you're sitting across the water from me and you're, you see this giant mass go through the air <laughs> what the hell was that thing exactly i mean i could be sitting half a mile away and know exactly what's going oh on. yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh, especially when i when you boat flip a fish in a kayak and it thrashes and i mean sounds like a bomb going off uh, yeah. but no, I 
just got off the water at 1130, went and got lunch, got all my tackle back together. Um, Took every other rod out of his kayak. I did not do that because I knew, <laughs> I mean, it was day two was, was post frontal windy, not, not great situ or not great conditions to try to fish standing timber out of a kayak. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. Um, some people made it work really well on day two. I know Rolando had 95 inches on day two and he was fishing right near me, but you know, he, he figured him out on day two. I figured him out on day one. That's He's how also a really sometimes. good live scope fisherman. And, yeah. That's what, that's the main thread of why I left. I didn't, it's like, if he doesn't figure this out till tomorrow, he can't catch up, but yeah. <laughs> So yeah. bef- before we get into your, your second day, um, I'm curious, you, you said you call it, you know, 14, 15, did you, b- because of what you've already mentioned with the glide bait being such a big mass and them coming up thrashing, cause you're not giving them a chance to, you know, dive down on you. Mm-hmm. Did you lose any? Did you, or. I think I only lost one fish on day one. Um, it was, I never saw it. Uh, I couldn't really turn the handle of my reel and I didn't have any fish do that the entire day. So I'd assume it was another one of those 22 to 24 inch fish, but it happens with a big bait. Like it's one of the things that you've, you've got to expect it when you're going into it. Um, I was fortunate to land as many as I did. Uh, So what, what, what rod, like, yeah. What rod reel setup are you throwing, you know, big eight inch glide on? Uh, this is just a deal. Honestly, the rod I was throwing it on is just a seven foot eight heavy flipping stick. Uh, it's a little more parabolic, uh, bent throughout most of the rod when you hook a fish. And the reel on it, it's just a, uh, it's, it's a loose super duty. I got it my sophomore year of high school or something and it's somehow still going it makes a bunch of noise and grinds but yeah. <laughs> still gets the job done yeah well, that's yeah, cool lose man they're built tough like that's one thing i'll say about those is they may not be as like good of casting quality and stuff as some of the shimanos and dialas but those lose mm-hmm. the reels they'll like they last for years. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never blown the guts out of a lose and I've blown the guts out of a couple of Shimano's like, yeah, I've, I've blown the guts out of about every brand reel that you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. They, they can all be broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, got off the water early. Didn't want to let anybody in on your, on your secret. Um, with you knowing, your conditions were changing. Did you, were you thinking like, okay, tomorrow might be a lot more of the drop shot or maybe they're aggressive, but they won't bite that bait. Did you kind of have a backup game plan or were you just going to try and stick to the two things you best you could with the changing conditions? I mean, it was one of those things. I was like the fish, they're not going to leave. I mean, they're just, they might move, uh, but they're not going to, you know, completely just vanish when it's not like I had one spot. I mm-hmm. I went out from my boat ramp, got to the grass line, got out just from it, and just started going. I mean, I 
day one, I never turned around. And when I turned around was when I was heading back to the ramp. Uh, so I wasn't worried about like if they were going to be there or not. I was just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make them bite. Hopefully they'll just bite the bud. Um, yeah, ended up struggling a lot on day two, but was able to catch enough to steal the deal. Yeah, so just to go over the numbers quick, day one, you absolutely hammered them, hammered them with 105 and three quarter. And that was, I didn't get to watch, look at, uh, keep up with day two, but when I saw that on day one, that was when I made my assumption. I was like, Ewing's throwing a giant bait. And then when you, I was, I was so like, I died laughing when you text me and I was like, I called it. I knew it, but, uh, there was still, there was a bunch of big bags, uh, you know, this tournament, I mean, 105 and three quarters is hard to catch, yeah. but I mean, we had 90 inches all the way down to 15th place and, you know, the numbers didn't really drop off from there. So you had, you know, looking into it, you basically had, I'd, I'd be safe to say like the top 30, no one's out of it, you know, uh, conditions are changing and there's a lot of big bags to build off of on day two. And, uh, that was kind of the case. Like, yeah, made, made some jumps on day two. Like, Oh, I mean, Rolando made a huge jump. I think he was 22nd on day one and got all the way up to fifth, uh, tied in fifth, uh, did did that. Yeah. At 89 and then jumped up. But uh, tell tell us a little bit about your day two, some of the struggles and, you know, troubles you ran into. I mean, day two, I'd get out there, and first thing I noticed was uh, the fact that it was almost impossible to to stay positioned on the, the fish and get my bait to present right over the trees. But, I mean, I still – it was instead of every cast I was doing it right or – two out of three cast it was every five casts i'd present my bait properly it's just eight inch bait it's a shad profile it catches wind like a parachute and goes 15 feet the other way Um, (laughs) yes it does but just it just made it really difficult to target those fish and then what really messed with me was when these same fish that were shooting up from 15 to 20 feet went from shooting up and blasting it to shooting up, stopping two foot short and going back down, which as the day before, if they didn't instantly smoke it, they'd at least follow it. Mm-hmm. These fish weren't doing that. They were coming up, going back down. I was like, this, something's not right. I don't no, their friends done told them about that big ass <laughs> piece of plastic in the area. <laughs> um, but so I, I mean, I tried downsizing and nothing was really happening. And I ended up catching one on the eight inch. This hook kind of weird. Um, so I still felt like I wasn't really dialed in on anything. Uh, and then I caught a, I actually caught an 11 inch bass on that eight inch glide bait. I was Jesus. My, my second fish. He's a determined morning. little guy. <laughs> it, it, it did upset me when I set the hook on a fish and, saw that it wasn't a keeper uh but no i kept fishing i pulled out the drop shot and i caught a caught two or three fish on that um finally just i picked up that six inch glide bait and was like i'm gonna give myself at least 30 minutes with it Uh, and i like the first five to ten minutes of throwing it i caught a 19 something which was the biggest fish i had on day one 
things got slow again. The wind was still pushing me around, running up on every single stump, trying to break my stuff. Uh, then I, I was like, all right, I'm going to go around, go around the corner, get into some protected water. Hadn't fished it before. I was at least, I was like, at least I'll, I'll, uh, be able to, to present my bait properly and started making my way there. And for some reason, I just decided to, to stop, uh, a little bit short of right at the point where I would become protected. And I'd, put my live scope back in the water there's a tree 50 foot away from me with a big glowing dot on top of it i throw my bait over it like two twitches and it crushes it and that was a 18 something which is the second biggest fish of my tournament or of my day um then from there on out it was just switching back and forth between a drop shot and a glide bait and catching fish here and there you know call a half an inch here call an inch there just grinding my teeth and, and trying to save my tournament, which I didn't think I did, uh, especially after, you know, it was, they usually cut the leaderboard off an hour before lines out, but this time it was about 30 minutes before lines out. Cause I kept checking it <laughs> and I saw Brian Nelly was, was four inches behind me with a 13. <clears throat> Ooh. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Like, <laughs> I just <laughs> one now. Uh, and I I hooked one. Um, I went back to the same tree that I that I started on 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 both days with that I caught the 20 and a quarter on. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's the biggest, prettiest clump of grass you've ever seen in a tree, if you have seen grass in a tree. Um it's the weirdest thing to say. <laughs> I, I, I throw my, my glide bait up over it. Two big old glowing dots come out. One smokes it. It's thrashing around. And it starts running. Next thing you know, it thunk. And it, I was like, what just happened there? Well, it was the other fish grabbing it. And oh, all at once, one goes up, one goes down, and my glide bait stays in the middle. Oh. So, <clears throat> Those were both really big ones. Uh, well, I mean, they, such a crazy way to lose they both fish. They could have been. Well, that's always how it happens when you hook two fish; they pull each other off because it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes against everything. All of your shock absorption that your rod is doing, it's all gone. Uh, yeah. Those fish are ripping big holes in each other's mouths. <laughs> really, it's it's two ways it can go when you have two fish on one bait. They either freak out and start thrashing and both come off or they just kind of lay there and feel like you're pulling the stick i was gonna say the times i've doubled up on like crankbaits it like that's what happens is like if you get them both in neither one of them act like they've got any life in them they just reel in like a wet rag like Mm -hmm. that's it (laughs) um i also think this is probably glide bait gets the fish really fired up and yeah probably get some adrenaline going before they eat it uh because they track that bait and come up. So they're, you know, on edge a little bit, I guess, and don't really know what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, they could have been 17 to 18-inch fish. I think they were 19 to 20-inch fish. But, I mean, regardless, they definitely would have helped me out uh, in the end. It, 
How would you have felt if you landed both of them and they were both nineteen or twenties? Would you just been like, oh, I I just left. I went home. Or well, to weigh in, I probably would have started crying with the dead. I mean, I was sitting there like I'm blowing this whole tournament. Like I had a huge lead, and I'm not gonna win. Yeah. Uh, So I mean, it really would have would have meant a lot in those fish, but. You know, when it's meant to happen, it, it happens. and it's still working for you. Sometimes 86 and a half is all you need. Hey, I mean, and it worked out. A big enough lead the day, day yeah. one. That it... And that's that kind of, you know, obviously this year I've had a little bit different mindset with sticking 108 inches off of one spot and then sticking 105 inches uh this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I, In previous years, I'd probably lay off of my fish before that. Um, but I've just decided, like, you might as well catch what you can on day one. Never know what's going to happen on day two. And when you do have that big lead, it's... It is nice going into the second day. Absolutely, and it and it worked out for you. Um, so the the day two numbers it was a you know totally different ball game. Tim Isaac's uh, first place for day two ninety eight and three quarters, and then Brian Nelly. That was Shoal Bass. Oh, I really? Yeah, I didn't look at that. Hold on. Oh, jealous man. Ninety eight and three quarters and Shoalies. And then Brian Nelly was second with 98 inches. And like you said, you, you know, you, you had a four inch lead on him and he only had the 13, uh, seven, five. It, he got a little bit of a call, but still gave you, yeah. gave you the room that you needed. But if and, you looked at his other four fish, I was thinking, I was like, Oh, he might be holding something off. He's yeah. He was on a big bag for sure. And that's one sixteen was just the one he couldn't get rid of. He, uh, he was on par for definitely a you know, hundred to 102 inch day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the, when the dust settled your total 192 and a quarter with your 86 and a half inches on day two, and you held him out, uh, he came in with 190 and a half 
And then Jackson Orr sliding right on in there with uh, 187 and a quarter. So really big finish for Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of huge fish caught in this tournament, though. Christine had a 23. There were bunches of 22s. Adam McCluskey had a 24 and a quarter. Just freaky big fish, man. That that place puts out some absolute giants. He had a 24 and a 23. I know not everyone loves that lake, but I'd say that's one of the best lakes in the country. Like it just flat out, it has them and there's tons of ways you can catch them. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask you and you don't have to say, um, but I'll have like a follow-up question if you don't want to say, do, do you want to say what glide baits you're using or would you rather not? I'd rather not. It's a, it's a bait that one of my buddies told me about and he was kind of on the down low about it. It's a lot of money's been won on them and it's a smaller company and you can still get your hands on them. Uh, one of those so hard I'm to get. Try one. to keep it that way. Well, I got it's you. not hard to get yet, but it could become hard to get. Oh, if he fast. says it right now, it'll be hard to get yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, so with that being said, here's be a follow up question. So, what are, when you're looking into, dabbling in the glide bait world what are some things you look for in a bait um obviously you know can't tell a lot about how a paint job is so obviously you know what your peers say or people with experience but what, what do you look for particularly when you start because you're a swim bait enthusiast you bought a whole box to put all your swim baits in and then mm-hmm. told me that you wish you had bought the bigger box like <laughs> so uh what, what goes into it for you um i mean really like there can be 10 baits that look really similar um, and they all perform differently. So you can't just look at a bait. You have to kind of just find a, a bait that's proven itself. Um, like the, the depth slide swimmer. Um, that one's been constantly, I mean, it's been proven year after year. It still catches them. Uh, really just if, if you go on to swim bait underground uh, the black market there, which is where yeah. I've spent a little bit too much money, but you go, yeah. you go on there and, and you can tell uh, which baits you need to get and which ones you don't, because if it's a bait that you don't need to be buying, someone will post it. It'll say posted three days ago and there won't be a single offer. And they'll be dropping the price, dropping the price, you know, a bait like a Hinkle Shad goes up there for, 500 bucks and it sells in three minutes. Yeah. For $2,000. Yeah. that It's just, you can, you can learn a lot about what baits are good and what ones aren't by, by going on there and just seeing what people are buying. Um, and I did a little bit of that, but I mean, this one was really just my buddy said, yeah, they're, they're really good swim baits. You should, you should buy a couple. So I did. <laughs> and and with his uh newly acquired paycheck he will be buying more of them yeah i, I ordered three more on my way back <laughs> yeah that's awesome well the, the thing is i was sitting there i was like yeah it's i mean the bait's a little over a hundred dollars um but i was thinking as i was fishing what happens if i lose this bait and can't get him to bite another one it, it's really be nice to have yeah. a second one because it's not like, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's a, a lot of money up front, but what it could save you, I mean, thousands of dollars when you're you're fishing in these tournaments. And originally, I just I wasn't expecting to throw an eight inch during a tournament. 
um, my what I call tournament glides are you know your your five to six and a half seven inch baits. Yeah. Uh, usually don't mess with the eight plus inches and during a tournament because even if you're getting a lot of bites, usually the hookup ratio is pretty terrible mm-hmm. uh, with the you know fish that aren't just absolute studs. So there's a lot of bait that they can hit without hitting a hook. Well, another thing that I think makes this glide bait so good is it rides really high in the water column. Mm -hmm. So the only way they're eating it is up. And that's where the hooks are is the bottom of the bait. It's hard for them to, you know, they'd have to, the bait is, I mean, the tail and fins just about out of the water when I was working it over top of these fish, uh, they'd either boil or come out of the water when they ate it. So I think really just they can't get beside it to to hit it where hooks aren't. So yeah, it's just I think that's what makes it have such a good good hookup ratio, and it also has those rotating hook hangers, which helps you land fish. I hadn't had much experience with those until until recently, but that's that's the real deal. Awesome. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of baits that have those on there, and it's one of those things I don't understand why it's not on more because it, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've, uh, I've had a guy, a guy show me a little trick with braid to, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a lot of people know that one. I don't feel like I'm giving away a nugget, but taking, taking off the split rings and doing a, a little, basically a connection with braid. So, I mean, it does eventually coil itself up and they can flip it but i mean we're it's got to spin around like yeah. 30 times before that happens mm-hmm. so uh but that's uh the the rotating bait hanger or hook hangers that's a it's definitely something i hope to see on a lot more baits because i don't mm-hmm. think anybody in fishing for sure has a problem with spending more money on something i mean no. especially <laughs> I not mean, swim baits <laughs> well when you're when you're talking about you you can order a $300 bait that doesn't have rotating hook hangers. Like it's something very simple for them to, to put on a bait and it, I'm sure eventually it wears down and breaks, but in the, the situation of fishing a tournament or just in general, if I hook a nine, 10 pound fish, I don't want it to come off. Right. Yeah. And I was and just going to, sh- I'll go ahead, Garrett. I was going to say like there's a lot of different, baits well bigger baits out there glide baits and stuff that you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on that are still yeah. pretty pretty decent like entry level i would call them entry level i, I mean guess. the before this like my big glide bait day was um was on caddo during the toc on the final day i had i think 96 97 inches somewhere in there um and most of those came on a glide bait, but that was just a shine glide. That's a twenty dollar bait. Yeah. Cheaper than a than a mega bass jerk bait. So Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that bait. Yeah, you can definitely catch them on on more affordable glide baits and, and typically those are the ones that catch fish. There's a lot of expensive baits that just catch fishermen. Um, yeah. That's why one reason I've never dabbled with it. Like I, I remember getting on swim bait underground and swim bait universe and all these places and was like, man, some of these just, I just, they just look like they're just here to make me want to buy them. And that's why mm-hmm. I'd like, I just decided, well, like I can catch fish without it, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, the, the paddle and fin event on Doha really opened my eyes to it. Matt, Matt's a swim bait guy. And like, he 
goes through and shows you some of the crazy paint jobs. He's like, yeah, no, by this one, whatever, it just looks good. And mm-hmm. then he'd show me one to be like, this one looks basic and works like, you know, and then he's like, you can combine that and then find you a good painter to do all the paint work for you. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, it just kind of opened my eyes to it. And then after I got my first follow with it, I was like, like it's, this is the second time I've had someone show me a, a type of a big bait with at which at, at minimum can help you find a good area to fish because it'll mm-hmm. make the bigger fish expose themselves. And the, the other one was like the, the Buka four by four shad. We were, uh, I, he listens to the show all the time. Trey Johnson, man, he blew my mind. We're throwing it in, in creeks that are shallow enough. We're wading in and you can see every inch of the water around you. And he would throw that thing around. And then like 17 inch smallmouth would just come out of nowhere that you've yeah. walked right by. And it'd come up and it'd it'd either follow it or hit it. And I was like, geez. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the whole reason I started messing with it. And, and then for this just to happen for you, right. You know, I mean, you've had success with it, but this event in particular, like I'm sold on it now. So me and you have to talk, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give me a list of like, don't buy, buy, don't buy. Like, (laughs) but, uh, well, man, I I was going to give you the shout out too. Like you said, you did get the win in the uh, Hobie college tournament on Saturday too. Uh, obviously your Saturday score of 105 and three quarters, mm-hmm. uh, second Jackson with 92 and three quarters, which is, I mean, second with 90 inches is always a bummer. Cause I feel like 90 inches at period. It's just a good day. Yeah. Um, but big win on that one too. Um, what, what's your next college event for the Hobie? That'll be Kentucky late They're I really like the way they're doing it this year. Um, since they're doing it at the same time as the BOS events, mainly just because that benefits me uh the the school we have a great program they're paying for our our travel and food and everything you know all i had to pay for was bait's entry and everything this weekend it was pretty great um nice so i mean i don't know if that was uh their intentions or if they were trying to get you know a couple college anglers to start fishing the the regular bos events but it was definitely a good move on their part Heck yeah, definitely working out for you. Yeah, so you'll be up at Kentucky Lake here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't, don't even get excited that. talking about that lake. I, like, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's one thing in one area that if they're doing it, I'll have a really good tournament. If not, I'll probably suck. <laughs> I've been seeing yeah. some, uh, I mean, this isn't, it's probably not going to be the same in a couple of weeks, but I've seen some pretty good bags coming out of Kentucky Lake right now. Well, they did. Surprisingly, uh, a lot of big smallmouth coming out of there right now. I haven't looked at the boundaries myself, but I heard that the from Paris Bridge to Pickwick Dam is cut off. Okay. So it's Ooh, just a lot of water. Paris Bridge to Kentucky Dam, and <clears throat> I think it's I think it's both Kentucky and Barkley. Um, yeah, I, it, which, Barkley was in play for. I remember that, which is good and bad in in some ways because the I don't really know how to catch them above, above Paris. And but the other thing is, most of those big bags that you're seeing the the better weights from Kentucky Lake are coming from that New Johnsonville and up area. Yeah. Um, but then, like the the lower end, the the smallmouth have really made a, a big comeback. I've fished it. I mean, since I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, at least I think at least once a year. Um, 
and I've just seen those this population of smallmouth steadily coming back. So that's really promising. Uh, the last time I was there, it was what's making the comeback. There's the smallmouth. Last year it was October, I think. Um, we had a college tournament out there. It was a ACA big bass tournament. Or the smallmouth had to be 18 inches in that one, and. I, I don't know how many 16, 17 inch smallmouth we caught and they're fat, healthy. We caught one over 18 inches in two days. Um, Jeez. But I mean, still a blast going out there and catching a ton of, ton of smallmouth. <clears throat> the trash fish will always keep you entertained on that lake. Plenty of drum. <laughs> that that's, I always. think that's just the Tennessee river in general. Like there's so many oh, yeah. trash fish that you'll catch in any of those systems it, it they need to start doing some trash fish side pots man i was I, I need i need more of that in my life i was thinking about just just getting one of the whatever tourney x account you need to to host a tournament just every single tournament like whatever trash fish is most prominent yeah. do, a, do a side pot for those like five dollar buy-in <laughs> yeah like if you go, to Dard- you go to dardanelle it's a drum tournament Uh, i feel like you could have a drum tournament on anywhere and go to hartwell at stripers but catfish it could be something fun if they throw the idea out there maybe someone will do it we've done some side pots in the locals like that um yeah and it's always fun because we'll like we'll have like a it'll it'll be like uh a prize not really a side pot it'll be like we'll have like a really nice rod and reel combo that a shop mm-hmm. donated and it'll be like, all right, who caught the biggest, you know, whatever gar, whatever. And, uh, but it's always fun. Cause if you're having a terrible day of fishing and you're on the trash fish, I mean, then you got something to, to go for. So, I mean, I'm saying you, you have a, you run a separate tournament alongside like a BOS tournament and accept the same identifiers and, and everything, but just, trash fish and whoever however many people sign up i mean that's how much you get that'd be awesome i would definitely yeah. i definitely would not miss signing up for those <laughs> eight, eight or nine hundred bucks for catching a drum that'd be pretty nice yeah well you need to get with uh Dwayne and set up you uh an administrator account yeah oh it's super easy yeah, yeah it's not it's not bad well everyone's got to get ready for the drum masters classic <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that'd be Can't great! Wait. Well, man, we appreciate yeah, you coming have a on. And, that one, <laughs> yeah, I might be able to win some money. I appreciate you coming on and uh, enlightening us on on the the big bait game, and you know, telling us your story and uh, just the awesome day that you had, man. And uh, I think that your year's just getting going, man. I, you know, you got this in, so you're set for TOC, which I think you already were. Yep. Uh, so you know you. You could cruise your way to the oh, championships, or you could keep grinding, which um, I know you will. I mean, I'm just trying to win, really. It's uh, like Cato, I kind of blew my day, too, trying to change up and, and catch more and get away from people. But I'm already qualified for Hobie Worlds last year, so just trying to get as many trophies as possible, and it might end up in winning AOY. Uh could also not cut a check the rest of the year, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. 
Well, dude, we'll yeah. we'll be keeping a uh, keeping an eye out for you for sure, and I'm sure we'll have you back at some point uh, this year. But before we let you go, uh, just like always, we let you shout out all your sponsors, anybody that makes it easier for you. Um, and you can cover the, you know, if there's any different ones on the college side, you can cover cover any of them you want to. But go ahead. Uh, dugout always been there for me since day one. Uh, Newport vessels, Seagar uh, fluorocarbon. Um, Revo sunglasses and currently that's that's uh, all I'm working with but they're all those companies I've been working with them for several years and, and have nothing but good things to say awesome man definitely some great companies and some great people and dug out dug out doing it big takes takes care of so many of the, the anglers in our sport and uh, you know they, they set the bar high for what people should be doing for their teams and Yep. I hope more shops. Our shop takes care of our guys pretty well. Uh, our our big competitive guys. Um, I hope to see more more shops do that to really support some of these guys that are killing it in the kayak world. Because it, it's only a matter of time before. I mean, we we we're still gaining so much momentum in the kayak world mm-hmm. that it, it could be the next big money maker in the outdoor industry. So, yeah. Definitely. Speaking of that, I I was watching the. Um elite series coverage on Sunday and they shouted out Russ and the, the um, kayak event. And they talked about uh, the next one coming up on, uh, where is that? Possum kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Bassmaster one. Yeah. I need to also, look at the dates of that. I might, might have to slide down and try to think scope it's out bass. the June 3rd and 4th. I think is what that is. Yeah. Uh, I'm Saginaw Bay that weekend. Oh, uh. I'm I'm curious to see if Possum Kingdom throws up another like like huge numbers like it did. I I couldn't I don't see it throwing up the numbers it did because that was kind of a unique situation with that flood where I mean if people were on them they were they're going to be biting there was a ton of current dirty water just yeah sets up for it definitely well I can't wait to see it for sure but. Again, man, I appreciate you coming on and congrats on just absolutely killing it and keeping your year rolling. And yeah, man, we hope to see you again soon. But until then, man, we'll let you go and good luck the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having Welcome, me on. Uh, Kentucky Lake. I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we'll see you. Appreciate it. All right, see you. Man, I didn't realize they cut off the limits from the 79 south you couldn't fish that on kentucky lake i had heard i just remember that, seeing that's like most of where i like to fish is well from there south is just like an hour from the house so yeah i i'd seen you know sometimes when you're scrolling through facebook it'll show somebody's post and it'll just highlight certain comments yeah I was scrolling and one of my buddies posted on it was like, why, why did y'all cut off that much water? But I think part of it was the fact that there's a whole nother lake in play. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I they're, usually they always do Kentucky and Barkley together because they're connected. Right. right. Uh, it's like Loudon and Teleco, the same difference. But, right. Uh, well, that was a, but that it's was a, also a lot of water. Like they still got like sixty ramps or something like that on here. Oh yeah. So, well, that at was some a. Point you gotta cut it off. But. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna bring up the past. So. Yeah. Um. 
So either way, that man. was a fun show. It was sick to like you called me talking about the big baits. I already had assumed that that's what he was doing when I saw the numbers and you know, we dabbled with it the weekend before it was just awesome. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's definitely grown a lot of popularity in the last, I mean, it always has been, but now it's like really catching on. Uh, and like now you're seeing um, all of your anglers have big, bait which is cool, it. but it sucks because it'll be like everything else and it's going to catch all the hype. And then no one, it'll get over pressured on that. And you have to yeah. find something else to do it. I'm just going to be like throwing my little technique. But... I'm going to be throwing my little trick worms around. I'm waiting for the floating trick worm to be the hottest thing in the market again. <laughs> like when when yeah, floating I mean, trick worms come back, three... like people are cashing checks on flukes. Like I'm I'm just staying in my my circle. My time will come. It might be ten years from now, but my time will come. Well, uh, we're going to start with uh, the tourney recap, and I'm going to go over, since we didn't have them last week, I'm going to start with the three from the previous week that we missed, give these uh, groups uh, their moment of glory on the Paddle and Fin Network. Uh, we'll start with the TVKA Lake Chickamauga event. 26 anglers. First place, Joe Kirk with 54 and a half. Second place, Todd Yoakum with 49 and a quarter. And third place, Jesse England with 49 and a quarter. So... That's the wait, no, it's the three fish. No, I was about, I don't know why I thought that was five fish. I was like, <laughs> Chickamauga sucked that weekend. No, those are, that's nothing, nothing terrible. A little bit tougher fishing, but nothing bad. Yeah, uh, moving on from Todd, there. Uh, Todd's also the guy that got second at the Del Hollow event. Yeah. So. Yeah. Big, big, big shout out to him again for coming down and doing so good. Couldn't quite uh, unseat first place with all the the big fish that they were catching you know he caught one on a glide bait yeah well i'm sure he caught more than one but one of his big fish was on a glide bait so yeah yeah and uh one i was going to give another shout out to jesse because he he did well at the dale hollow event also oh yeah uh, he got fourth that, i think in that event yeah uh, the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So uh, wrapping that one up, we move on to the Oklahoma Kayak Anglers, Eastern Roadrunner in Spavanaugh, 95 anglers. First place, Dustin Wheeler with 94 and a quarter. Second place, Jason Ray with 91 and a half. Third place, James Haberly with 88. And last from the previous week, the Greer's Ferry Lake Northeast Arkansas Kayak Anglers, 32 anglers. First place, Chris Geisler with 79. Second place, Ty Watson with 78 and a quarter. Third place, Tyler Kirkendall with 77 and a half. And that was a five fish limit tournament. So that one was a little tough. Um, all right. I got a bunch for this, this week. So I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, first up the all American kayak series on Truman Lake two day tournament, 196 anglers. The all American kayak series gets the people. Yeah. That's the next it's, big it's, tournament series. And I've been calling it for the last two years. Yeah. It's definitely uh, gaining a lot of traction. We need to start having some of those people on it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was, just thinking that I'm about to change it back up because we used to have them go those guys on multiple times during the year before we yeah. 
put more of the focus on the big three, but we're about, it's about to be the big four and we're about to actually, I don't know. It'd probably be the big three since the KBF like participation's not been there the last few and a couple canceled events. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's that was more than Seminole. Yeah. Seminole had like 116. So like, this is huge. But, uh, first place, Cole Sykes with a 174 and three quarter. Second place, Chad Davison with a 171 and a half. Third place, Jake Gellerson. I actually said that right first. Okay. It's spelled way different than it sounds, and I, I got it right. So never mind. 171 and a quarter for third place there. Um, there was also another event that was in conjunction with it. It's the All American. So that was the All American Kayak Classic. I'm sorry. And there was also the All-American Kayak Series Trail Stop, their third one of the year. So two separate tournaments, same body of water. Um, the Trail Stop only had 42 anglers in it. Uh, first place, 171 and a half. Second place, 160. Uh, that was Chad Davison. Second place, don't have the name, uh, 165 and a half. And third place, John Denton with 164 and three quarters. Uh, next up, we go over to the Mountain State Kayak Anglers. AEP tournament. Uh, it's a few different parks and wildlife areas. 48 anglers. This is a four fish limit. First place, Brian McClung with 75 and three quarters. Second place, Greg King with 68 and three quarters. Third place, Matt Davis with 68 and a half. So that's a pretty good four fish. Yeah. For the. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Mid Atlantic Kayak Bass Fishing Series on the Potomac River. Uh, it's a, they did the KBF thing. It was in conjunction with the KBF Potomac. So it's the two single days. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look that up. I forgot that event happened. So I do not have that winner. Um, Aww. yeah, I'm about to get it though. You mean but, uh, yeah, you can try to find it while I read it off and we'll shout them out at the end. But the, uh, 53 anglers of the mid Atlantic, uh, event going on with it. First place, Joshua Ma with 89 and three quarters. Second place, Justin Largen with 89 and a quarter. Third place, Michael Shaney with 88 and a half. Um, moving on from there, we have the... Oh, we just... I was about to cover the Hobio event again. We already covered that, but it was 116 anglers. You heard it again. Ewing with 192 and a quarter total. Brian Nelly with 190 and a half. And Jackson Orr with 187 and a quarter. And like I said, there were a bunch of big, big fish caught in this. 23 and three quarters uh, but Nick Dyer. There's a 24 and a quarter and a 23 by Adam McCluskey. Russ caught a 23. Stephen Bell caught a 23. Christine caught a 23. Like 23s were just flying everywhere. I mean, Jackson caught one. Matt Voigt, Brandon Stores, Blake. Uh, there were so many big fish caught in that one. And those are just 23 and up. Uh, moving on from there, the Indiana Kayak Angler events on the Tippecanoe River. 54 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Ryan Platt with 88 and a quarter. Second place, Clint Stafford with 87 and a half. Third place, Antoine Hayes with 85 and a half. Uh, next up, the Midwest Kayak Bass Club on Fox Lake. 50 anglers in that one. Josh Lutterback with 91 and a half. Second place, Peter Wellsmith with 90 and three quarters. And third place, Jason Komorowski with 88 and three quarters. Um, I got those uh, Potomac results if you want. Yeah, to. go ahead and give the Potomac shout out. KBF Potomac Trail Stop. Yeah, two so single had, day tournaments and a pro series. 
So they had uh, 54 anglers. Um, day one, they uh, had Jake Angulus in first Angulus. place. Angulus. Uh, in first place on day one with 90 inches. Uh, Josh Ma with 89 and three quarter inches. And Justin Largan with 88 inches in third place. And then on day two for the second day event, I guess, uh, Jake Angulus again. 92 inches, and then you had another Jake, uh, Jake Kokulus, Kokulus, <laughs> uh, 88 and three quarter inches, and then uh, third place was Joshua Evans with 88 and a half. Nice. And then uh, for the double up, um, Jake Angulus won that with 182 inches. Uh, then you had Rich Biggie. With 169 and three quarter inches, so pretty big gap there. Yeah, congrats so, to Jake for, for <clears throat> the wire to wire domination of that one. Yeah, uh, then Ryan Nye, we, we had him on our show. Yeah, um, he he ended up with third with 169 and three quarter inches. Well, congrats to all Hi. those guys on the Potomac getting big yeah. wins. So uh, we'll move up from there to the Clarksville area trail stop on the little lakes a uh, bunch of little places in kentucky lake morris lake blythe spa lake hematite lake never heard of that one honker lake and then in tennessee you had the montgomery bell state parks lakes woodhaven acre and creek hollow bards lake and maribone uh 28 anglers showed up for that one first place sean bassam with 53 and three quarters this is a three fish limit yeah uh, second place james minor with 53 and a half so quarter inch difference there and third place richard uh bartacek bart we're going to go to that 53 and a half as well uh so a tie for second probably lost it to the next biggest fish man i should have been paying attention that was i should have signed up for that <laughs> montgomery bell's only 20 minutes from my house oh yeah man quick drive to go catch on some yeah uh next up we have the the fourth annual kayaking for a cure event that gary cornelius puts on down here in alabama every year um, it's hosted uh, with the Coleman Kayak Angler Club, um, but it's any public water north of U.S. Highway 80, which I think is in Montgomery. So it covers most of the state, but it's just a, a uh, oh Lord, charity. That's the word. It's a charity tournament. A um, lot of prizes, uh, you know, always a good turnout for that. But there were 68 yeah. anglers, four fish limit. First place, Case and Wallace with 83 and a quarter. Second place, Michael Sebastian Mira was 79 and a half. Third place, Mr. Luke Turner was 77. We've had Luke on here before. He's a he's a hoot, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll, hopefully he'll get him another win. We'll, we'll get to cover him so you get to meet him. He's hilarious. Can't wait. Uh, next up, the Kayak Hangers of Missouri Trail Stop number two on Truman Lake. 41 anglers, five fish limpet. Tommy Probst. 85 and a half second place chad davison with 83 and a half third place alan birding also with 83 and a half next up the north texas kayak championship on lake tawakoni 68 anglers first place dan wells with 88 and three quarters five fish limit second place ray fishing 85 and a half third place tony hendershot with 82 and three quarters uh, moving on from there the kayak fishing utah uh, on sand hollow reservoir 60 anglers, another five-fish limit tournament. First place, Kendall Tingey with uh, 86. Second place, Joe Randall with 81 and a half. 
And third place, Braxton Sabe with 81 and a quarter. Last two, the Bonafide Kayaks Ironman Series on Lake Paris in Cal- uh, Paris, California. 41 anglers, five fish limit first place, Anthony Garcia with 88 and a quarter. Second place, Jonathan DeMonet with 87. Third place, Kerry Peeler with 86 and a half. And last up on the list is the Michigan Big Bass Kayak League on Squaw Lake. 34 anglers. It's a big bass tournament, so one fish. Uh, James Snow takes that win with a 21 and a half. Second place, Chris O'Connor with a 20 and three quarters. Third place, uh, Miles Sales with a 20 and a quarter. And speaking of tournaments, we're going to go ahead and hit on it. We've already got the dates locked in. Don't have the graphic yet. We should have the graphic in the next week or two. But go ahead and put it on your calendars to come hang out with us next year at the Paddle and Fin Del Hollow event. We will be there. I got it right here. Uh, April 20th and 21st of 2024. You don't want to miss it. We had a bunch of good giveaways, a bunch of work shooting way higher, way earlier on getting a lot more sponsors involved. Um, It was a great time. There were fireworks, not fireworks. There was stage pyros going off, music, good food. Um, You know, go ahead and get on it because they ended up selling out all the houseboats, selling out the cabin spaces. So go ahead and uh, get it booked. We're working on getting some incentives um, from some sponsors where if we can, if you book now, you know, first person to book in this month might get something. Um, We ain't got those details worked out yet now, but uh, all the shows are going to be talking about it. We're going to really push this thing through the year all the way up into 24. Um, Fishing and weather was great this year. I'm hoping it's going to do it again. I definitely I think next year I'll enter the tournament since I finally had a decent trip at Del Hollow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think a lot of us are, are kind of on the same page about that. Um, but you never know. We may change it up. There's a little bit of talk about turning it into a big bass event. Big bass had two $2,000 paydays, one bet $2,000 payday for big fish each day, plus the winnings. And one person won it all, won almost $6,000 with an event with only 44 people in it. So we're shooting for even more people, but there's a, there's a little bit of talk going around. We might swap it over to a big fish tournament, do like a one day big bass and try to get up in the $10,000 range for one fish. I think that would be awesome. I do too. So I don't uh, know if there's any, had there been that big of a big bass kayak. No, you, you get that kind of stuff with the big bass splash, but I mean, if you if you look at the native Big Bass Power Hour thing, I think Big Bass the tournament's a kayak, which sub four thousand dollars. Yeah. So if we can work with some sponsors, get get a bunch. We had Pepsi and Pelican and a bunch of these. If we can start getting these people now, I think we could potentially see you know five, six, seven thousand dollar big fish at minimum. We could be talking about a lot of people throwing baits next year yeah it could be a giant bait tournament and, <laughs> yeah. and then 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 whoever wins will win it on a drop shot on a ned rig or or no <laughs> it would 100 be the freaking ned rig that's what it would yeah. be somebody else said it. his biggest fish of the old her whole tournament was on ned rig i would like to know i cannot remember the guy's name there was a guy that stuck an estimated like 22 to 23 inch smallmouth in practice got pictures of it didn't take a picture of it on the board but everybody that knows something about fishing that he showed the picture to all were in agreement that that's like smallie of a lifetime, probably closer to the 23 inch range than it was the 22. 
uh, I'd like to know what he caught that on. I didn't even ask him. I was just too in like all like, wow. (laughs) But uh, I mean, we're talking about the lake that's got the world record small in it. So, or had, I'm sure it's still got one. I'm sure there's a big, big one in there somewhere. Definitely. I mean, I've heard, I mean, all these crazy rumors and stories of ones that people have seen or saw and uh, one of our guys, his dad, I guess, while he was still alive, um, his whole life he tried to chase the new world record smallmouth. And That's cool. That was his whole goal in life. And uh, I might, I might do the same thing, but it'll be times. like, I guess, I guess he said he caught one that was nine pounds. Jesus, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make it my life goal to catch like a world record bluegill or something that I might actually catch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, all right, folks, this show went a little bit longer. We appreciate you sticking with us as always. Um, give us a like, give us a subscribe, subscribe, check out our YouTube. Uh, keep your ears peeled for the Paddle and Fin event. Go give Garrett a follow. Come check out my boring Instagram page because I have not been up on it with it lately. But uh, we appreciate it. Like so a little bit, but I'll get back after it. Yeah, I try to say that, but. I haven't taken my, I literally haven't taken my GoPro out this year. It's been that bad, but I'm going to change it. But uh, thanks again, folks. We'll see you next week. Uh, I have no idea what event's coming up. So who knows, but we'll see you then. Peace. Like this weekend? Yeah. No idea. Uh, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I think it's kind of a, a break for everybody. There may be a KBF. Who knows? But we'll see you then. Yes. All right. We'll see you guys. Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.